Outdoor Adventures Podcast. We're going to talk hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. So pull up a seat and enjoy our campfire stories. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, what's going on? Thanks for joining me again. Much appreciated as usual. Um, Been a little bit. I've seemed like I've been saying that a lot lately. But, you know, life's very busy for me and uh been actually doing a lot of uh well at least in my my world <laughs> i've been doing a lot of videos for my youtube channel so that's kind of taken away from the podcast thing i guess uh i'm kind of learning what the professionals do that's why they have teams of people to uh editors and producers and when you're a one-man show sometimes it can be a little overwhelming but i'm happy i'm been really psyched uh my YouTube channel. Been doing a lot of reviews and unboxings lately, first impressions and stuff. I'm upgrading a lot of gear. Um, so, and as a matter of fact, today I am using a new little toy that I got for this podcast. So, if I want to go remote, um, also I can check the, the sound quality when I'm done with all this. But I used to use, um, and I actually did a review on the Boya microphone. It's a lavalier mic and it's it's got a wire, a very long wire, so it actually does give you a lot of space to move around. Um, if you're videoing, you know, you can sit far enough away from the camera where you'll be in shot, but at the same time you get really good audio because I know even myself, when I watch some guys, and some guys are really good at putting videos, like the way they produce, uh, present themselves, but you know, you listen to the audio, and one thing I've learned through even doing my research is people will literally shut your video off if, you're, if your audio sucks. So that's the one thing I've always tried with my podcast and my videos is to have my audio prob- be you know kind of on point. So today I'm using the Maybesta, um, wireless microphone. It actually has a receiver you plug into your phone and allows you to go wireless. So I'm really stoked about it. Because um, like I said, you know, the Boya mic was great. I did a lot of haunting and I, I made it work. But the funny part is I uh, bought an ice hub, the Otter Vortex Cabin, and I was doing a video inside the living room. I watched guys do uh, some of the reviews in the living room on their, you know, the first impressions. And uh, it was brutal cold here in upstate New York, um, below zero. And I was just like, I had meant to do it earlier on when the fair weather was upon us during hunting season. But it just never happened with time. And so I ended up doing it in the living room. And what happened was when I went around the the backside of the hub to like open it up when I came back around <laughs> the wire pulled the camera and basically the footage was of the AFC championship game <laughs> so uh at that point I was just like you know what it's time to upgrade the mic and uh you know move on to something better and you know the one thing when you buy stuff online is you know you read the view- reviews the most the, mo- the most that you can and you pray to God that when you get it, it works. Um, ironically, I did try it with my camera for the phone, and it didn't. So I had to upgrade, upgrade to a different app that would actually, it was a camera app, and it worked really great, actually. 
um, that I was able to use this wireless mic with. But as far as like, um, I did a quick test of sound to do this remotely. So if I'm on the road, uh, I can do it with my phone like I am now. Because, um, you know, the one thing with this little mic too, it was only like 30 bucks. You know, some of the bigger brands, um, newer and stuff like that, uh, you, you're going to spend a lot of money. And as I've always stressed on this podcast, a lot of times, you know, we don't have the money for stuff. Um, and you, you got to use a little bit of money to make the best that you can to upgrade either your hunting gear, whether you, even first time buying stuff. Like, you know, I bought a, a Tamarack Angler kayak this year and, you know, I think it was like 300 bucks or something, but it was in my price range. Otherwise, guess what? I'm not getting a kayak and I'm not kayaking. Um, you know, not all of us are wealthy. Um, you know, I, I've stressed it a, a ton of times on this podcast and I stressed, you know, go out and do live, live the best life you can with, with the means you got and screw what everybody else says. You know, like I even saw some stuff with the, uh, I'm part of a kayak group and I've talked about this with other uh, social media groups that people, you know, they, they, they're so negative about stuff that people buy. Like, you know, the, the guy was like, any suggestions what I should do with this? And, and this one guy's like, yeah, get a different kayak. You know, that thing's a piece of crap. Well, you know what? I'm sure like me, he, and I think he actually did make the comment where uh, he was saying this was in my price budget, you know, and, and, and fair enough to him because I also feel you want to see if you're going to be into kayaking. You know, you're going to go out and buy, you know, a thousand dollar kayak and be like, yeah, I'm not too into this. And then you bought top of line kayak to never use it. So props to that dude. And I totally get, I, I, you know, I don't make too many comments. I just sit and read like a fly on the wall. But, you know, money's a big deal. Um, you know, I, I have guys, even if they, here's the deal, even if you have the money, right, if somebody handed you money and said, here, go on an, a week-long elk hunt out west, some people can't even take the time off from work. My agency definitely, for one, between our officers and our direct support staff who are getting, like, which you'd think there was laws, you know, we have these laws, but they're getting mandated to quadruple shifts. That's insane. That's living at your job for the most part. Um, we got officers up north. Um, it, for two years, they haven't been able to take a vacation block. Yeah, you can get a, a day off here and there, but for the most part, if you were to put in for a week or two, more than likely the sergeant or the chief is probably going to turn you down on that. So, you know, money, you know, is, is a thing, but also time. Um, so this podcast, I wanted to touch on like a little bit of a recap of the, the deer season for the most part. And, you know, uh, my 2021, hopefully it's inspirational to you, this podcast. Cause like I said, you know, you get out there and do your thing. We had a lot of, um, controversy with our new laws in here in New York state. Uh, the one that really, you know, people were loving is the fact that you know, we were allowing youth to hunt. I think it was 12 years old and up. Um, so that was really cool. Because I, I have a buddy of mine, Ken, and his son practiced with his bow all the time, probably from 10 years old. And the kid was really efficient with it. And uh, 
it bummed him out that he had to wait so long to actually take him hunting because at at 11 years old he was already really into uh you know hunting and and shooting his bow so that was cool but we're going to get to the extended hunt the holiday hunt as we called it boy oh boy it was a lot of division with that um the biggest thing I think that came out of it was um, the negative, which I don't even, I don't think I side with this, um, was the fact that we extended the season. We took a week off after muzzleloader, and then the day after Christmas, you could hunt till the new year. And a lot of guys were saying that <clears throat> what was going to happen was you're going to shoot Big bucks that had dropped their antlers. I'm not a scientist, man. You know, uh, I I would put my, my, here's the deal. I might catch flack for this, but it is what it is. I have seen huge bucks. There was one time years ago, uh, I was doing a night job in Connecticut. And it was on the border, New York, uh, Connecticut border. And we were working in a store. I was hanging wallpaper at the time. And we couldn't work in the store. I think it was like an IHOP. Hanging the wallpaper because obviously we can't do it during hours. But it was actually Valentine's Day. I'll never forget it because I remember I had to work and I had a girlfriend at the time. And it was a weird deal because I wasn't spending time with her. But out of nowhere, this huge buck cuts in front of us. We almost hit him with the truck. And it was mammoth, man. It had to be a 140-class deer. So with all the, the controversy this year, I, th I always thought about that. And every year, I, you know, into January, I've seen big deer with antlers. Now, mind you, a couple guys did have pictures uh, of deer that were shot where you could see, like, the pedestals on the skull. But... Um, I mean, the rarity, in my opinion, a guy I have a lot of respect for, I'm not going to mention his name or so, anything like that, but he, you know, like I said, you know, like maybe he knows something I don't, um, talked about the bigger bucks are very competitive during the rut. Um, they, they run themselves ragged to the point where they will drop their antlers early. And I, I, I would believe that there's some truth to that. Absolutely. Um. At, but the thing is, I always think back to all the large bucks, and I'm not talking, you know, 100 class. I'm talking about 125 to 140 that I have seen over the years long after season in January. And that one, for instance, February 14th. And now the irony is here we are, second week of February, and guys are showing pictures of big deer on their trail cams that are still holding the antlers. So, I mean, I don't think anybody's right or anybody's wrong, but um, I think all the whining about that late season has to go away. And, and the funny thing is, that I think it was the last two years, I didn't even go out with the muzzleloader. You know, that's one person, but, um, you know, there, well, a lot of people to defend the late hunt were saying most guys won't even hunt because it's getting really cold. Um, you know, the deer... Their patterns have changed, and I can say this for myself, and I have a great hunting spot. 
it turns into a ghost town come second week in uh, gun season. So I don't know if I really feel, you know, like that's, that's an issue. But that's my opinion. It'll be interesting to see moving forward. I mean, you think biologists made the educated guess on this to move forward with this. Um, but, but yeah, anyways. Uh, I had a pretty good year this year. I got two does. I got one with the bow and one with the gun. Uh, a lot to be learned <laughs> as far as my self-filming career goes. Uh, the first doe I got with the bow, I bought myself a nice camera arm. Like I've been trying to upgrade equipment because I learned through the struggles that I had last year, like where I had a fixed camera and it had to be perfect setup, you know, where I wasn't even going to move the camera, basically be just hoping that I would shoot a buck on a spot or a deer period where the camera just happened to be facing. I did actually have a good spot last year. Um, where I only had two shooting lanes, so it actually worked out well. And I've told the story before. It was a day where I didn't set the camera up, and I shot an eight-pointer. <laughs> but it is what it is. But that lesson learned, uh, I wanted to be able to hunt where I could actually have a good camera arm. So I bought the muddy, uh, muddy camera arm, which was really sweet. And I did actually, if you go to my YouTube channel, I did a review on it. Um, but I had issues with filming. So I upgraded stuff. I put a... It's like a GoPro, but it's a cheaper version. Like I said, man, I, if if I had to wait to spend two, $300 on a GoPro, um, it's probably not going to happen. So I did see a review on... It was called the Cam Park. Uh, it's, it's like 50 bucks. Um, but it's like a GoPro. It comes with the same stuff that GoPro has. It's waterproof, the whole nine. But the one thing I had happen this year was I had pretty good footage uh, of the deer coming in. But what happened was it was one of our first cold days of the season. And if you watch my video, you'll see that the doe, she knows where I'm, something's up. But then, thankfully, there was other deer coming to the field, which kind of distracted her. And she went back to feed and then moved into the corner where I where my shot zone was. So at this point, I really couldn't monkey with the, the camera arm anymore. And I was going to rely on the cam park that I had mounted on, the, on my bow. So I, as she gets behind a bunch of stuff where I can actually move a little bit, um, I go to put this thing on, and all of a sudden I'm reading the screen, and it says... No storage available. And I'm thinking, this is a brand new camera. I just put a 32 gig um, card in it. And I'm like, there's no way. So I shut it off. I turn it back on. I tried to video. It tells me the same thing. Now it's game on. I need to be drawn. And I I held for a minute. And I, I, I think I said on one of the other podcasts or maybe even in the video, it seemed like an eternity for holding for a minute. But uh, I got the shot off, made a great shot with it. The one thing with the camera that I was using where I 
with the camera arm and I stopped. I didn't stop filming, but she was no longer in view, but it did pick up the sound of the bow going off and the whack of the deer. And then it did, the way she circled back, I mean, you really can't see it because the camera quality and there was nobody zooming it, but I did put arrows in the video on my YouTube channel where you could see her her running and then she she piles up. You don't see any of that because it's such it's such a, you know, a small and so far away. But I tried to point it out in the video. But I put a great shot on it, but the, the difficulties I had, and when I got it back and uh, warmed the, the camera up back at home, it worked great, and it didn't give me the storage thing. And I, bit, I, I my hypothesis is that because of the cold, um, it malfunctioned the camera. So it's going to be something to watch out for this year. Um, I'm hoping to have my better cameras always on the deer. Um, but I'm, like I said, it's easier said than done. I've made a lot of great steps in my filming career, doing it self-filmed, but at the same time, I've definitely had uh, some issues because <laughs> even <laughs> now we move forward to gun season and I set the camera up um, and I set it in a spot where I almost had the mentality of, um, now I had it on a tripod where like if, if a deer comes out, it'll be set up in a spot where I almost won't have to move it. And, uh, Lo and behold, I look down the hedgerow and deer are popping out. So now I make the decision because now they're going to move into the field. They've, they've gotten beyond that. They're looking in the field. They're stopped. Make sure everything's okay. And I, I hit the record button and I thought I was recording. So I get the gun up on my tripod or my shooting stick, I should say. And I've got the doe in the scope and I kind of open one eye and I look over at the camera and she's in dead center of my picture on the camera. I drop back down because now she, like I said, they're kind of grazing. You know, it's an alfalfa field I hunt in. And I take the shot, boom, I shoot her. She takes off. Now I'm in recovery mode. I'm excited. You know, I, I, I turn the camera when I th what I thought was off. I go recover the deer, and I go to look at the footage later on, and I never hit record. I was, like, sick to my stomach. <laughs> it's like, you got to be kidding me, man. And like I said, because I, I, the camera, it was on, so it showed me the picture. But I did not get any footage of my shotgun doe either. Uh, but but otherwise, you know, it was a great season. The bow, I, you know, I practiced a ton, and uh, I hunted and fished, you know, the most in years. I even checked off a couple bucket list hunts, like the last podcast. You know, I did the seek a deer. Um, that was that was an awesome hunt. It was unsuccessful, but 
the experience of hunting down in Maryland in the marshes um, was awesome. And then I did an Adirondack hunt, um, which was really cool. You know, I got out in some public land. It did rain. So I suggest you go out to Harbor Freight and get yourself two of those 5x7 camo tarps. And I bought some paracord. And I set up a pretty cool shelter. I should try to put a video together and, and just slap it up on my uh, YouTube channel to show what happened. Because the night before, Tyler and myself, we went up there for a couple days. And, uh, of course, the first day, it was just the weather is not going to be good. Then I asked him, you know, because I, I goofed with Tyler. I said to him, I said, at my age, sometimes you get to that point where it's like, I'll just sleep in. I'll wake up sometimes and hear that rain on the roof, and I'll just turn that alarm off. Um, where he, you know, Tyler, you know, he's in his mid-20s, and I remember being there where, like, I didn't care, man. I would be out in the worst weather. It was all about just being out there. And he said, he goes, you know, I don't care if it's raining. So I, we get there early, and when we got into the woods in the dark, it wasn't raining yet. The rain was supposed to move, and probably an hour after we, we set up. So I, in the dark, I set this tarp set up, and it monsooned. Uh, by 11 o'clock, poor Tyler, he was soaked through, had to go back to camp, dry out, and he came back at like 2. I, I sat all day. I brought a percolator with me. I, I brought a 50-pound pack up, up with me up the mountain. And for the first time, I, I realized how out of shape it was, and I felt like I was going to have a, a heart attack. <laughs> but I made it through that hunt. It was a good experience. Uh, thanks, Brian Tift, if you're listening to this, man. Uh, much appreciated for letting me and Tyler stay at your camp. Uh, more to come on Brian's little camp, actually, but I don't want to speak about it without him, and maybe I'll have him on the show. A lot of respect for my man, Brian. Uh, he's done a lot of hunts. Stuff that I would love to do, like bucket, you know, stuff that would be a lot of our bucket hunt lists, I feel. But it was really cool, other than feeling out of shape. <laughs> you know, uh, I one thing, I I was sucking wind, man. Up at, uh, going up the mountain with my pack. And I told Tyler, I was like, dude, just go get, get to your spot. And he goes, I'll wait for you. And I'm like, just go, man. I'll, I'll catch up. But he was cool. He waited. And, uh, you know, I've been watching Cameron Haynes, man. Cameron, uh, he he's an inspiration, man. Like, I'll watch, you know, I follow him on Instagram. He posts a lot of stuff of him, like, running, training, you know, and, and I'm in awe by it. And he was inspirational because this year, like, I put a good shot on that doe, man, uh, with the bow. And I practiced so much this year with the bow. And he was inspirational in doing so. Uh, I started shooting up to 50 yards, which I never did um, because I always had a thing where for years I wouldn't take a shot over 20 yards. I can't, I mean, I would get, but I always put myself in good positions where I'd be right on top of deer, so. But I didn't want to wound deer. That was my big thing. Um, Just not cool, you know, to me. 
So I practiced a lot, and you know, this year it's 2022 now. I've been throwing up possibly an elk hunt, antelope. Talked to my cousin out in Arizona. He said, antelope, man, he goes, some of these guys will put you at 60 yards away, so be really proficient with your with your shooting. So that was another thing that got me motivated. But Cameron, the way this dude works out, and he's in his 50s, man. It's like I'm about to turn 50 in April, and not to be hard on myself, but I just feel I could be in better shape, man. My wife, she works works out all the time. Um, but I'm not a gym person. Um, but one thing I did find is that I started going to a rock climbing gym. I used to love rock climbing when I was younger. And I was like, it's better than nothing. You know, it's not lifting weights. It's not jogging. But um, just to get my, you know, keep my body in shape, I started going to this rock climbing gym. And I love it, man. My arms get pumped. Um, I do have to watch the injury thing because a couple times I pulled muscles, and but thankfully nothing major. And I just love it, you know. Um, like I said, I'm not a gym guy. I wish I had Cameron set up. You know, he's got a beautiful gym at his house, but uh, just don't have the money for that right now. And and like I said, I've never been a, a huge gym person. But that's another thing for the podcast in the future. I definitely want to have, uh, you know, it's an outdoors podcast. And to me, you know, a lot of people, they hike and rock climb, ice climb the whole nine. So future guests, I, I might want to get a couple of rock climbers on here. And I said, I've said that at the beginning of my podcast, like uh, I probably would have, it's not just going to be hunting and fishing, you know, um, it's been a lot of it so far, but. Because there actually was an episode of uh, Meat Eater years ago with uh, Remy Warren and Stephen Ranella, and they went to New Zealand. And they had to get across this sketchy, sketchy, uh, like, it's not even a stream, it was like a river. And Remy pulled out some, like, harnesses and climbing rope. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe this dude had that in his pack. And it started, you know, not for me in New York. I'm probably not going to need it most of the time. But you never know. I mean, there's some place up in the Addies that are pretty sketchy. And you never know. <laughs> you know, you might find yourself where you're like, hmm, scratching your head. But the one thing, when S- Steve shot uh, the, the animal, it was across the river. He had to go get it. But the cool thing was they ferried it with the climbing rope across the you know this river so i was like man that's cool you know and you know other i've watched his i think it was a doll sheep they did in alaska and you would look at some of the terrain these guys are in it's shady and you almost wonder if you need rock climbing gear um so between that like you know getting to know more rock climbing stuff and gear i started getting into it and uh actually in april i'm gonna take a class to learn belaying and all that stuff you know um so i'm really really stoked about that but anyways you know we're moving into ice fishing here and uh i just updated a lot of gear and i'll probably get into that in our next podcast as well as i wanted to touch on some 
some articles of stuff that's happened in the outdoor world lately, the grizzly attacks and people poaching and where I'm going to do some like current events, so to speak, you know, kind of wrap up what's going on in the last month or two. Even though some of it, you know, I have a couple that might not be so recent, but just to touch on the stuff that's going on out there. And uh, actually wanted to look into something with Striper. I heard a rumor that they could be looking at ending Striper fishing in where they spawn. So that could that could nix the uh, Hudson River Striper runs. So, well... Guys, thanks for joining me. I'm going to wrap it up here. I think I've babbled enough. I want to go check out how my new May Best of Mike worked on this podcast. Hopefully I don't replay this and it doesn't, didn't work, <laughs> but it's all good. All right, guys, thanks. See you next time. This episode of Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Wild King So check us out on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>